That's right, it's the Peacock and Gamble Edinburgh Podcast. I am Ray Peacock. That's Ed Gamble. This is the show. About to start now. That's it, is it? That's the intro today. Is that not alright? No, it's not. And we've got a theme tune, so I don't know why you insist on making one up. I did it last year as well. Yeah, I know. I, reckon, I just think that Thomas, much as I like him, Thomas yeah. from the radio does yeah. our music, I think he's done a good job. Yeah. I think he could have done a better job. I think he's been half-arsed with that theme tune. Right. Because, I don't know if you've noticed, mm. it's pretty much the same as last year. It's what, yeah. what he's done. He's, yeah. he's gone, oh yeah, lads, I'll do you a new theme tune. And he's just... He's just come out of the blue and said that. We've not asked him. Yeah, and then he's he just turned up about July the 27th. <laughs> And said, I'll do you a new theme tune. Yeah. And then he's not, he's hardly changed it at all. Yeah, it's almost as if that's what we asked for, isn't it, mate? Right, well, either way, I've got better theme tunes in my head. Right, go on. I can't, I've got a bit of a sore throat. It's very, very early, isn't it, for me to be losing my voice? It is, mate. In the fringe. In the Um I don't know why, also, why we're bothering doing a podcast today. Why? Because I just don't think it's ever going to be better than yesterday. Well, yesterday was good. I've listened to that one so many times. And yeah. I don't listen back to these. Yeah. Because I edit them and that. Yeah. Regularly just got it on in my room. Well, no, this one is, it's a nice change of pace, I think. It is a change of pace. Are you I, right? Are you just checking your phone? I apologise for that. Sorry, sorry, everyone. I, I thought... Oh, sorry, everyone. Pause the podcast a second. <laughs> Ray's just checking his phone. I've put it on airport already, but I'm looking, yeah. I think, I thought I had some notes. Yeah. But I thought it was on silent. Yeah. I do apologise for that. <laughs> so that's... Sorry. So that's Ed. lovely. I'm glad you're a nice gentle boy after yesterday's uh, yeah, arguments. Yeah, I, I do apologise. Go on. So Because this is a change of pace today, isn't it? It is, it is a slight change of pace. Because yesterday... Yeah. Sorry, you're still on your phone. What? What are you doing? Well, now we've established that it's on. No, you're not. You're not going to do your emails. I was. Um, I've just got to email Jason Dawson. Just hang on. No, you're not emailing Jason Dawson. Why? You take. Give me that. Ow! Get off it. Right, give no. me back now. Right. I'm not. T- I don't have it. You've got it. Don't try that trick. You're doing acting. You weren't doing acting. You were trying to. <laughs> you need to read Keith Johnson's book, mate. I don't need to read Keith Johnson's book, mate. Because Keith Johnson is a convicted felon. No, he's not. He's an improvisation expert. I don't know who he is. Exactly. There we go. And what even saying I don't need to read it is exactly what he warned you about. Oh, oh, Keith Johnson, improvisational expert. Let's do some improvising now right, with fine. one of my characters. No, we're not doing characters. With one of my characters that I promised every three oh, podcasts. So boring. And I haven't kept to it. Go on then. So, oh, hey guys. Who's this? Timmy. Hello, Timmy. How are you? I'm fine. I'm here to teach. Teach kids how to use the toilet. Okay, we haven't really got time for that. But Timmy what? toilet. Okay, and what? Go you on. gotta lift the lid all the way up. Pull your trousers down all the way down. Right, so your new character, <laughs> basically one of his catchphrases already is to children, pull your trousers all the way down. Yeah, to for go toilet. Well, is this it is for boys. This is for the boys. This is from the boys' album. Please, let's not do the girls' one. Pull your trousers down, get your little man and go. Right, you tell me off for pulling my trousers down when I go to the toilet. You're 40 years old. <laughs> anyway, uh, welcome to the show. How are we today? It all seems very, it's very warm, isn't it, today as well? Hitch up your skirt and get your knickers down. <laughs> I'm going to do that, you know, because we're recording this just before we interview who we, uh, Adam Buxton. Yeah. Then we're interviewing Arthur Smith straight after that. We've got yeah. a really busy day. We've got two A's on the bounce. And I've got to get in the shower. Yeah. Before that. Yeah. Because, um... I've noticed uh, there's a little bit in our show. Regular listeners to our podcast will know. Hmm. As a man, I look after myself in a grooming sense. Yeah, very much so. As you can see by my appearance. Yeah. One of those things, and there's nothing wrong with it, is I will um, shave around the ball bag area and (laughs) the You pause there as if you were going to give us a nice way of saying it. What I call the hilt of the cock. Oh. 
God. Now, I have noticed since I've been at the Fringe, because I didn't bring any razors on me, I've noticed since I've been at the Fringe, there's a bit in our show where I am, as a joke, I am scratching my downstairs. And I've noticed... It's a clever show. It's very clever. I've noticed increasingly, as we're doing the show, that when I'm doing that bit, I'm actually finding it quite a relief. Yeah. So I thought, do you know what? I need to have a little bit of a... A little bit of a, a go A groom. A little mo. So I've been to the um, the Sainsbury's nearby mm. and bought a razor. Now, I've got a newfound respect for the ladies who Have you? get all the muff or bald because I didn't realise the expense that goes into that. You've definitely got a newfound respect for ladies by saying who get all their muffle balls. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So oh, you're a, you're a right modern feminist, you. Yeah, no. And I think it's great that they do that. So, to, you know, let's be honest, lads, we can pretend that they're like 12 or something. What? So, um, I didn't realise quite how expense, expensive a razor is. Yeah, but I've got razors, mate. You should just ask. I'm not having stuff on my, on my downstairs tackle that you've had on your face. No, they've got disposables. I don't want a disposable one, mate. I'll right. keep it forever. You want to keep it and smell yeah. it at night. <laughs> Souvenir. Yeah, everything's disposable, mate. Isn't it, though? And isn't that a lovely metaphor for the Edinburgh Fringe? Yeah, that's true. It means nothing, mate. Yeah. It means nothing. <laughs> I don't even care if anyone comes to our show, Heartthrobs, 9.45pm no. at the Pleasance Courtyard. Very clever. I don't care if you come to the Heartthrobs, 9.45pm, Pleasance Below. Don't care. All the extra shows every Friday and Saturday night and quarter past midnight. I don't care if you come to the quarter past midnight ones every weekend, Fridays and Saturdays. I don't care about it. I'm not bothered. It's disposable, isn't it? Yeah. Don't bother buying a ticket to Heartthrobs, 9.45pm at the courtyard. Yeah. Or 9.45pm and midnight, point fifteen every Friday, Saturday. Don't buy tickets, thank you. Although money is also disposable, so if you want to buy tickets, you may as well. If you want to get rid of your money somewhere, then you might as well buy them tickets. But yeah. you're under no obligation to come. Yeah. As uh, we've, we're selling all right, hey, we're sold out tonight. We're fine, yeah, we're good, we're happy. So, sold out yesterday and the other day and the other day and the other day. Yeah. So that means we have made, so far, minus £12,000. So we're doing quite well there. We're not there yet. We're probably, I, I reckon we're minus eight grand. Eight grand, yeah. Eight grand, yeah. We're, we're about, we're in the region of eight grand out of pocket. <laughs> At the moment. So thank you for... Uh, that's a sold out show. Yeah. So thank you for selling out the show and getting us in the region of eight grand out. But we're having fun. We are having fun, eh? The shows are very nice, aren't they? Yeah. And this... Uh, it's quite nice to see you today because it was like a couple of months ago. Yeah. Um, and it's with... Uh, Ung, Ung... I'm just going to let you try it. All right, wait. So, the man coming up is called... Ung... Anglo la 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 la. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's Ardlo Hanlon. Right. Ardlo Hanlon. Do it again. Ardl. Gard. No, Ardl. Glarlo. Yeah, fine. O. Ah. Uh, you must know O. Oh, but some people say it differently. No, they don't. Yeah, no they one like... says O differently. A potato, potato, which I've always debated in that song. I've never heard anyone call it a potato. O, yeah, that was <laughs> hot off the presses, topical stand up material. Thank o. You. That was a hot potato. Brilliant. O. Oh. O. Oh. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh. Right. So, so far we've got glug, glug, uh. Yeah. Hanlon. Hanlon. So here's an interview <laughs> coming up now with glug, glug, uh, Hanlon. I hope you enjoy it. Peacock and Gamble, Peacock and Gamble. Ardlo Hanlon. Hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Sorry. Caught by surprise there. I was in two minds. I was thinking, 
will I run away now? Yeah. Or will I stay? <laughs> we get that a lot. Yeah. But we're deceptively fast runners. And weirdly, <laughs> and two you'd of think you that Ed would be the fast one, but he's not me. I've got really? a low centre yeah. of gravity, so I can lurch at the same time as yes. running. He almost yes. rolls. It's yes. amazing. Yeah. It's You've got momentum. You know that bit in Raiders of the Lost Ark where the big boulder is following yeah. him down as he runs out? Yeah. The boulder catches him, but he manages to dive. Okay. The boulder would catch you yeah. in, this, right. in this scenario. Basically, right. if Ray's chasing you for over an hour... Eventually, he's going to catch Eventually. up. Yeah. It's just it's just increasing. Relentless. And I'd just I'd pin you in a corner. I'd do loads of Father Ted catchphrases at you. Yeah. Yeah. I really. It, you know it, what? I might give up. Yeah. <laughs> <before> then, <laughs> I might just go. I'd do all the most annoying. What is the most annoying thing that happens to you with the girls' Father Ted? Do you, have, do you get annoyed with the girls' Father Ted? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> No, well, you know, stuff would, yeah, yeah. I think the, the most annoying thing probably is that people just won't let me forget it, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it was it was very popular. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it was, uh, it, it was you know, people liked it and they still like it years and years later where I've kind of forgotten it, you yeah, know. And yeah, I, I, would, yeah. I mean, at the time, I loved it, of course I did, and, and I've been very grateful to it ever since, but, you know, you kind of... You know, the day we finished was the day I kind of had to move on because yeah. you have to, you know, yourself, you have to get on to... The, what, what do I have to do today? Yeah. <laughs> so there was no father to go to, I have yeah. to go somewhere else. Of course, yeah. I have to dress up as somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, did you, you did stand up before it, didn't you? Yeah, you I did. Was, I started out very much as a stand up. Yeah. And you did Happy Empire, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Which you won. Yeah, yeah. Won that, Ed? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've never won a competition. I've never won a competition. Really? What's it like you to win a competition? <laughs> I don't think I w- Do you know what? Do you know what I often think? Because, like, both me and Ed now make a living from stand-up. Yeah. But I often think, I am a good stand-up. I am a professional stand-up <laughs> yeah. and I make money from it. And I, I sometimes think, if I entered a competition now with loads of new acts, yeah. would I just walk it or would I still not win? Well, you don't want to know, do you? No, that's it. But, you know, that's yeah. quite a... It does keep me awake. You know, like you, sh- you shouldn't have brought that up. Because <laughs> you're, really, yeah, you're going to get really upset now. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I cheated. I sometimes think I probably cheated. Like, you cheated? I, yeah. In the competition, yeah, I've just been funnier than the others. I just <laughs> so I say it's cheating. Yeah. Just been too. Yeah, it that. wasn't a level of playing pitch. Right. Okay. I know. I don't mean that. I mean, I had just I I'd been doing stand up for three or four years in Dublin, but I didn't know where I fitted in. Yeah. When I came to London. Right. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. Dublin, the tiny scene in Dublin, you knew everyone. There was only seven or eight guys doing it. And we were just plugging away. And it was kind of very enjoyable. You know, when you start doing stand up, how enjoyable it is those yeah. first few years. It's not going anywhere. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Like, you just don't expect anything from it. But you enjoy it because it's, it's really exciting and it's creative. And, you know, you're kind of like, I don't know what. Oh. Is that your sex? Must be. There you go. A text. Yeah. There we go. An text. exclusive text. I have friends. <laughs> I have friends. Um, this is the point I'm trying to make, if, if, if I have a point at all, is that in Dublin, we were developing apart from what was going on in London. Yeah, so yeah. when I went to London, and then the first thing you do is you enter all these competitions, because you're told we won't give you a gig unless you do the competitions and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So... I think the reason why I might have won was because, you know, I was doing something marginally different than what other people were doing. Yeah. That's all. You know. But is it, is it uh, what were the rules of the competition, Arnold? Had you been paid for a gig at that point in Dublin? And it's still money? Oh, you would have been, yeah. yeah. I would have been, yeah. But, I mean, I only did, like, four gigs in four no, years. No, don't try to backtrack out. I'm, I'm going to check this. I'm going to check the rules of the Hackney Empire. Well, ha- even at Hackney Empire, even now, there doesn't seem to be any rules. No either. rules at all. No, there was never any rules. There was, you were always like, you had to do it. Yeah. And, do you know, the other thing is that 
like it's manipulated as well. You know, they 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 want they want. I think was I a joint winner? Of the, I was a joint winner that year with somebody else called Wara, who was a bit of a favourite of the people who ran the Hackney Empire and things. So I always, you know, it's kind of like it's kind of I wouldn't say rigged, but you know, they, they, it's like the cut of your jib at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they go for you. Yeah. And did it did it work wonders for you career wise or was it something that just happened and then you plodded on? My mum always says whenever I do anything at all, like anything, any little <laughs> thing on TV or anything like that, she always goes, "I watched that thing the other night and you're going to get picked up off that." It's and, and, it's yeah, but yeah. it's never happened. But I don't I don't really know what picked up off that means. Is there was there a moment in your career where you thought I've I've been picked up off that? No, <laughs> no, no. I, I can honestly say this. You know, I I left Dublin at 28. I'd already got a girlfriend. Um, <laughs> that's not. <laughs> You know that's got. <laughs> is that what you're saying? That, yeah, my biggest achievement. Right, I was 28, right? I'd got a girlfriend. I don't want to competition. I meant to say that I had a very um, mature relationship. With, I say right. A very wonderful lady, and uh, I, so I was really reluctant to leave home, and but I had to because there was nothing happening in Dublin. So I was just so I was just so um, desperate. Is yeah. The word. Desperate. I was really desperate. So I was just doing every gig you could get your hands on. Yeah. So with that competition there, grand, yeah. Cinema in Basildon, no problem. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, uh, get on a train, go anywhere, anytime. Prisons, sure. You know, anything yeah. that was going on, you just went and did it. Money, I don't care if there's money, great. But yeah. you just wanted to get experience and, and get gigs and, you know, just do it. So you just were, you just went wherever you went. So when, like, the Hackney Empire, while I was, it was totally unexpected because I, I, I'd never won anything okay. growing up at all. So it was a big, a big shock, a big surprise. It didn't make an awful lot of difference except that, you know, there was a tiny little buzz going around yeah. and that helps it go oh that guy who won the Hackney Empire that, so it's just they're able to put a if you win your ring up saying give me a gig they, you know I, I won the Hackney Empire oh you're that guy oh yeah, okay. yeah. so in that sense it worked but for me I honestly can say playing the comedy store the first time was a bigger thrill because I'd heard of the comedy store I'd never heard of the Hackney Empire yeah. uh, competition new act of the year competition yeah. before but I'd heard of the comedy store and you know that was like the holy grail. So you you to play there and to be paid and to and I remember walking home. I was living in Battersea at the time and just being so elated. Yeah, like really, that was the height of my ambition. Honestly. Yeah, I but, met I met you once before at the Comedy Store. It was many many years ago, and I met you that I can't remember if you were performing or not. It was a charity night. I remember Kev Eldon was there, and I remember that Stuart Lee was there. And you were there, but I can't remember if you performed. But I think you did. Um, I was I wasn't there, just was thinking, there. no, you weren't there. You right. hadn't been born at that point. Right. <laughs> and you, and uh, I remember just because you said that about walking home from the comedy store that night. You nearly walked home from the comedy store because they were in the process of towing your car away. As we left, they were oh. about, they were about to take your car onto the thing, and you came out, and they oh. saw you, and they were very very nice and said, oh, oh sorry mate, it's fine, it's fine. And I thought I want to I want to be in a sitcom. So you don't get like your a car park anywhere, away. mate. Yeah, that's how I it works. I don't remember that at all. It did happen, promise you. But you know, if you cover up your li- license plate, they can't remove it. They can't remove the cover <laughs> that you put on it, so they can't. But you know that it's illegal to cover up your license plate. Yeah. But it's, but they aren't allowed to remove the cover. Yeah. Is that true? I think so. No, wait, That's <laughs> one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you put a lemon on your bonnet, yeah, yeah. you can't touch it. You can't yeah. touch it, mate. You put it you want. That's the property of the Queen. Where, where did you hear that? Where did you hear um, that? Oh, the license from somebody who had a running battle, an actor who I knew, who had a running battle with Westminster Council because he felt actors should be given special <laughs> dispensation to park in the West End okay. of London. <laughs> and this was his big gripe that he, he, like, he used to write to the papers about this. <laughs> and he told me that that's what he does. He just covers up his number plate. He covers up his number plate. Like, he kind of... He, I, I think he put a little bag over <laughs> sock or something. Or but could they not... Yeah. Could they, not they, they can't take that off. 
They're not allowed to uh, do that, yeah. But they can still tow you, though, with the bag on it. Do it doesn't matter what your number plate is, does the number plate in the system No, if they're towing you, that's for a ticket. If they're towing you, they just take the whole thing, don't they? But well, if there's a sock on it, then I think this. I think this debate yeah. is going to rumble on. Yeah. Um, I think we should abandon the entire rest of this. And <laughs> yeah. We should thrash this out. Get to yeah. the bottom of this. And find out whether or not that's true. I don't remember that, so your memory's extraordinary. Yeah, but you see, the thing is, that's my memory's not ex- extraordinary. I will, in my head, go, that was that night I met Ardlow Hanlon, and it was Ardlow Hanlon's car. Yeah. So I've got something to hang that on. Yeah. Whereas you're not going to go, that was the night I met, um, what season? <laughs> yeah. Pickle can gamble, pickle can gamble. Like, I started driving quite late as well. Um, How old were you then? I was about 28. It's a big year, big year that, wasn't it? <laughs> so I got my first car that year. And yeah. uh, I remember I was driving back from a gig in Birmingham. It was kind of a corporate gig and I'd, I'd, I'd been doing five minutes at it. And Roger DeCourcy and Nookie Bear was the headliner. Wow. And I remember he kind of annoyed me because his bear started insulting me <laughs> from the stage. You know, kind of just making like crude jokes. Yeah. And, then, and then later on during his act, the bear's head fell off. So I. <laughs> uh, that had nothing to do with me. I didn't sabotage the bear, but I was very happy to see the bear's head falling off and ruining his act because he had just insulted me. And. Um, which is fine. And then later on, I was driving home from Birmingham that night and I was in London, uh, somewhere near Hyde Park Corner, somewhere there, and I was speeding and um, the police stopped me. And when they came over to the car, I was I was t- telling them where I was coming from. I was telling them about Nookie Bear and the, <laughs> and the head falling off. And the off. came And they out. went, OK, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> on you go. That's grand. That'll do us. So, that got you yeah, away. Yeah, that got me away. Yeah. So you've worked out an anecdote payment system exactly. with the police force. Mate, this yeah. is this, this, we should release this as a special. Yeah. Ardell tells you how to get out of all your fights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want a ticket, shove a sock over your registration. There's yeah. one thing I learned yeah. in my career. Police pull you over, just mention Nucky Bear. But someone was telling me the other night that they met him and he handed they, he didn't, they didn't realise who he was and he handed them a business card. Really? And it was an agent oh, and really? it was Roger DeCourcy. He had him on one side, agent, and then a picture of Nucky the Bear on the other wow. side. Wow. Wow. I don't know how he got away with that act. It was crude as anything. Like yeah. it was proper bad though. Yeah. If it was now, that'd be like when Keith Harris does his blue show. Yeah. Because <laughs> he does like a rude show. Like he'll, he'll go and do the, the evening show and be clean and family yeah. friendly and that. Yeah. And then he'll do a late night show. Do you where what it's called? The Duck Off Tour. Duck Off Tour. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's got Orville saying all manner of things and the monkey doing. Oh, it doesn't even bear thinking about. <laughs> yeah. Pickle can gamble. Pickle can gamble. So how soon after doing the Hackney Empire was your involvement with Graham Lennon? Well. That year was an incredibly exciting year. Like, things took off fairly quickly. I moved from Dublin in February of 94. I think I won the Hackney Empire competition the next month. And then, I, you know, I started getting loads and loads of shows. Yeah. And I remember they started coming to my show, Arthur and Graham. Yeah. Graham and Arthur. Graham, there was two of them. So they used to start coming to my shows. And I kind of, I didn't really know them, but they'd, they'd come to see me in Dublin before that. Not to see me, but they'd come to the Comedy Cellar, which was our little venue in Dublin. Yeah. Is that with Kev? Didn't Kev Gilday? Kev Gilday, yeah. yeah. And Barry Murphy, the three of us sort of, you know, we sort of started that up. I remember them saying to me one Christmas, in fact, the Christmas before, that that they'd been writing a sitcom and they were telling me about this sitcom they were writing and they were saying that, you know, kind of jokingly, you, you might suit one of the parents. Yeah. But, you know, I just completely forgot about that conversation. And then I remember not too long before Edinburgh, so it was in the middle of the summer, it was around June or July that year, same year, 94. So it, it, all, it all happened very quickly. I got a call from Arthur saying, oh, you haven't come into the auditions. And I went, I didn't hear about the audition. And he said, well, can you come in now? And I said, I went, all right. But I hadn't seen anything, yeah. which is probably a good thing. You know, and I just I hopped on the tube and I, and I went in to some place in Soho and there was guy from Channel 4 there, there was the producer from Hattrick, there was um, the director, Declan Lowney, and then there were the two writers and 
couple of other people. So a very intimidating environment yeah. just within there. And Arthur was sort of my friend of all of them. And I sort of looked in his face. Just, <laughs> and I was given a piece of paper to read and I just read it. And I hadn't seen it before, so I hadn't any preconceived notion of it, you know, yeah. which was a help as well. Yeah. And then Arthur was the only one laughing. <laughs> the others were all just looking at me and I, I, I you know to be honest with you like I, it wasn't a big deal I wasn't nervous or anything because I wasn't, okay. I wasn't in the habit of going for auditions in those yeah, days yeah. You know, I was just thinking like where do I have to be tonight you know yeah. I have to be in you know Manchester or somewhere <laughs> so, so all this other stuff is a distraction and in fact it was like it's not the same now but like about 20 years ago when I was doing doing this like it was really it was really considered to be very uncool like to be scrabbling looking for TV work mm, and stuff like yeah. that like stand up was really purist back yeah, then and yeah. you know no one could do ads or anything you know that was that was sacrilege and uh, so it was very po-faced a lot of the comedy it was just after that kind of alternative comedy you know it was, uh, a, it was almost a hangover from that as well from the Thatcher it? era yeah, 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 you know yeah. yeah it was a bit so comedy was very kind of left wing and yeah. ethos and all that you know I, I would have shared an awful lot of that you know th- th- those points of views but I mean you know it was it was a bit sort of po-faced a bit well, it, 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 it was all about extremes, wasn't it? Yeah. That's, that's the, whole, the whole point with it. It was all about yeah. it's when you follow it down the line. I mean, it's fine to say, I wouldn't do an advert, that's fine. And I, and I think Hicks has got a lot to answer for with that. I think a lot of comedians linked yeah, on comedians to, linked, linked borrow to that. Comedians borrow that ideology, yeah. Yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. But then it gets taken to, you know, to I mean, because I, I can't even find a link with that and doing a sitcom or doing a drama or yeah, doing, yeah. doing acting. It's like, why why does that make any difference whatsoever? Surely that's just another expression of what, it's artistically, you know, there's think, integrity yeah. to it as well. And A lot of stand-ups get quite... Um, another text there. Yeah. Very, very popular young man. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of stand-ups get quite um, affronted when they think someone's using it as a stepping stone to something else, I think. Yes. Yeah. But there's plenty of people who just want to do all yeah. all the things. But why? But why? Why would they be affronted? Surely that's one less person in competition with you. Yeah. Surely that's a good but thing. But the, the, the other thing is, like, you know, Bill Hicks, you know, you know I, I'm... I'm, I'm huge fan of Bill Hicks if not a devotee yeah, yeah. but um, and I did see him live as well before he died which is, yeah. which was great but you know like you know I've read his biographies and stuff and like he, he did sitcoms you know yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. tried to get sitcoms off the ground of course yeah. he did because he's American and you know you, you, you're always wanting to get on and, yeah, and, yeah. and whatever it's not to say that he, he, he compromised in any way you know that's all but part of the same thing it's about communicating it's about it's about uh, using whatever medium that you have available to um, get your shit across yeah. but the, but the Hicks thing is so interesting though because the Hicks it's that far off a religion and it has exactly the same failings with it as religion as well where people have the have the source material what's considered the source material which is what what's left of Bill's work and then go right I'm following that to the letter of the law <laughs> yeah. that that I is know. what the religion is so yeah. we do not do adverts and anyone yeah. that does you're off the artistic road or whatever it was yeah. and you know, you know all those things get just so yeah Attached to it. And, and Hicks changed his mind on things when he, of course you know, he did all the time. Flip flopped. Yeah, of course yeah, he of did. Course. And he also he also did some incredibly dodgy material yeah. at different times in yeah. his career. Also, because it's very very hard to maintain. You know, uh, particularly when you set yourself very high standards, yeah. like he did. Yeah. You know, it's it's impressionally impossible to live up to it all the time. Yeah. A lot of that routine that you're off the artistic roll call forever. People remember that first bit, but it's mainly about Willie Nelson. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so but the, but the, the but joke is the contrast between that and then saying that it's all right for Willie yeah. Nelson to do. Yeah. It. But he also says as well, and uh, there's totally a throwaway line in there somewhere where he says, "If you're a struggling actor, then fine, I'll turn the other way." Yeah, you yeah. know there are, there are, yeah. there are no. Yeah, I think I think where I think where where it's relevant, and, and like I don't do apps, yeah, and I have never done them. Um, but part, but my reason is is not political. 
really. It's more to do with um, it's more to do with like if if you are a comic who fancies yourself in any way as having something to say, or if you feel like want you want to pontificate on some issue. Yeah, it's very hard to turn around and start going on about the financial crisis and yeah. stuff like that if you've just done an ad for a bank. You know, yeah. it really is yeah, yeah, yeah. like ridiculous. Yeah, you know, I think you have to leave yourself a little bit of wriggle room. With, with that in mind, then, with because I had, I've had this conversation about you before, without you weren't present. It, with that in mind. Was there any... Did you nail Dougal straight off the bat in the casting? Was it, did, you, did you nail it as a character? Did you know what it was going to be? Um, I don't know. You know, OK. I, I just remember uh, Arthur rang me later on. He said, yeah, that was great. Yeah. That was fine. Wonderful. And then I didn't hear anything about it for another few weeks. And then I remember I was in Edinburgh doing a show with Kevin Gildee. Yeah. And Dermot Carmody called Young, Gifted and Green. Nice. Oh, no. Nice. Uh, yeah, I see what you did there. I know <laughs> what's going on there. Yeah, I see what's no, going on It wasn't us that came up with the title. It was a package. It was a producer packaged it and said, we call it this. Right. And we went, OK. <laughs> <laughs> and you all wear this. We all, we, all, we all wore a little green hat. Yes. And a little black boots. And so, and I remember getting a call saying, you need to come to Dublin tomorrow. Uh, by this stage, they had Dermot Morgan cast as Father Ted. And they wanted the two of us to read together. Right. So again, I didn't see anything. I was told to get in the plane uh, and go over to Dublin, go to this, someone's living room actually, and sit with Dermot Morgan and do exactly the same thing, give him a few pieces of paper and just read together. And then I went back to Edinburgh and did my show. Yeah. Young, gifted and green. Nice. <laughs> Nominated that year, uh, I believe. No. Certainly not. And then a few weeks later I got a call saying, oh, you got the part. And I, even then I was still thinking, I don't even know what this means. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I still hadn't seen any scripts. And, and I just knew that instinctively, I suppose, in, you know, to answer your question about nailing the character you know I, I, I think you just do it instinctively and yeah, okay. basically don't try too hard that was yeah, always yeah, yeah. my motto in life if not in acting terms is just don't try too hard yeah. just do it and do it for real as well that's the other thing it doesn't matter how ridiculous the situation is it just it's it's real yeah. it has to be totally real if you, you totally buy into that yeah. yourself then that's yeah, absolutely yeah. so it doesn't matter how ridiculous the situation how far-fetched or farcical if you believe it well then it'll work so, so with the Conversation we had about like doing adverts and that saying how it would compromise you, you as a, as a stand-up performer. And this is the conversation I, I I used to be in a sketch group years and years ago with Rob Rouse. You know, Rob? oh yeah. And and in that group, and there's another guy, John Williams. And in that group, Rob played a very sort of vacant character, a very silly, mm. childlike character. And we had a long chat about how that would impede his stand-up. How like how that would then. I mean, at the time, that's what he was doing at stand-up as yeah. well. Anyway. Yeah. But how that would, you know, you get to a certain age and you think, I yeah. can't be doing that, yeah. even though I'm doing that in what we do yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But I am very, you know, very, like, genuinely, we're going to have to just say it is a disability because <laughs> otherwise it's just... <laughs> were, were, there any concern, were, were there any concerns about that, about playing that character and then that... Because you weren't a stand-up star at that point. You were, no, you were, yeah, you were known yeah, on the yeah, circuit yeah, as a stand-up. Yeah. But in terms of that leading on to things like, you know, nowadays the Apollo and all that sort of stuff... Yeah. Was there any concern at all, or did you not give it any any thought about how that would? Yeah, I never really thought. Like, I, I never really thought long term about stand up yeah, yeah. or about any of this. You know, I was always ambitious. I always wanted to work and get on. Yeah. But I never had a clear idea of where it was I wanted to be. Right. Necessarily, like the stand up was always something like I always, you know, it was always a big effort to get up on stage. I found yeah. I wasn't like a natural bouncy, you know, can't wait to get up there sort yeah. of a guy. You know, it was always like I have to really, you know get into the mindset right, to get okay. up there. Uh, I love the rising part of it and I love the, you know, when you were up there and it was all going well, but that hour beforehand, like, yeah, God, that was really tough. It, it was always something that I, I didn't know I was going to do it forever because it was, you know, it was, it was always daunting. 
Yeah. But yeah, I, 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 first of all, okay, there's two, there's two ways of answering the question. First of all, like, I suppose I wouldn't have been cast in Father Ted if I wasn't doing something a little bit similar in the stand up at that time anyway. It was a bit wide eyed. I was a bit of an Egypt. Yeah. yeah. In stand up. I always try, it, it was, I always tried to be clever, but apparently not clever. Okay. In that kind of way. Yeah. What, how, does, how do you say that? Better? Apparently not clever. No, <laughs> no. Apparently not clever is brilliant without getting into offensive terminology. Yeah. Uh, apparently not clever is brilliant. No, but bewildered and sort of, you know, nice. so the take on the world was, you know, wide-eyed and sort of innocent yeah but saying some pretty good things yeah. you know that that kind of way over time that becomes very limiting absolutely you know i found that even by the first time i was touring properly or second time i was touring properly you know people wanted me to be that all the time and you know certainly the first tour first proper tour was it, it was very like that it was dougalish mm. you know and then but as time goes on as you do get older you think well i want to i want to be more animated I want to be more more exercised about things yeah. or, you know things that really genuinely bother you you know I also found like talking about things like sex or anything like that you just couldn't do it in that kind of character well it just didn't work yeah so you just kind I of found it funny. I wouldn't knock it either you know it's still you know there's so what there's about a million comedians out there at the moment Oh, don't yeah, say that, is there? Yeah, there's yeah, about a million. I think it is one million. It's 10% of the population. I think one million. It was exactly one million. One million, yeah. Finally pushed into the so world. you I do have to find something. 100. Yeah, <laughs> so do I. And so you have to find something that's a bit different, you know. And so it's no harm holding on to some of that. Like, like you know, it is part of me, and I can't I can't escape from it either. I am a bit naive about lots of things, you know. Well, you agreed to do this. I did. Pico can gamble, Pico can gamble. I think when you start out, like you start kind of hiding behind the character, maybe yeah. or something. So it's more of a persona, a very definite stage persona, and yeah. then you can kind of you know relax a bit when you get off. Well, the the other night when we gigged together, you were getting animated and angry about something, but it was about feeding the ducks. So it's like you found yeah. a, a nice sort of middle exactly. line. A middle there you line go. Yeah. yeah, and that's why I can't do ads, you know, because there could be a duck bread, bread, <laughs> bread manufacturer. All the like. The bits at the end are a bit stale. Take them down to, down to the park. Are you trying to come up with an ad? Feed the, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm trying to make it flow. Yeah. Oh, oh you've got your audience have you? No one eats a full loaf, do they not? Why not take the um, stale bits from the end and down the park? Feed the ducks. <laughs> it is a funny thing about that that so, I'm angry about. So that's the sort of thing you do yeah. in our show. I just don't see any yeah. reason why you can't do adverts. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, there isn't actually. And I mean, you know, my, certainly my wife regrets that. <laughs> posture that I adopted what, what 15 like? years ago. What do you like? Do you like, do you like Basically, food? Yeah, the price is right. Any food you really like? Um, I like foie gras. No. Foie gras, <laughs> yeah, that's... You can't do feeding the ducks. Uh, yeah. That's overfeeding yeah. the ducks. <laughs> yeah? No, I love toast as well. Toast? Again, the, mm. Honestly, I think Warburton's, Hovis, yeah, brown or white, would you prefer? Well, white, I... I yeah, yeah, white. So yeah. Probably yeah. I had scrambled egg on white toast this morning, and it was lovely. With chilli sauce. See, now, wouldn't that right. be... Look, now, how about that, right? <laughs> so you have, lo you have loads of shots yeah. of whatever bread manufacturer, loads and yeah. loads of those, and then it just literally cuts to just you, and you turn away from a window and go, I had scrambled egg on toast this morning, and it was lovely. Yeah. yeah. There's your advert. And then just oh. as the advert's fading, you just hear, with chilli sauce. With chilli yeah. sauce. Yeah. <laughs> 150 million pounds. Yeah. Yeah. You get that. Yeah. Imagine your wife's face then. She'd be so happy with me. Pickle can gamble, pickle can gamble. Was um, Young, Gifted and Green your first Edinburgh show? No, not at all, actually. Do you know how many you've done? Would you be well, I, you know, I haven't done very many at all. No, like, no. Like, I'll tell you exactly. I'm going to give you my Edinburgh history okay. in a minute. Yeah. Um, 
It might take longer than a minute. No, you got my memory is really bad. But it started now already. Uh, you remember more about my life than I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 1990. I was part of a sketch group called Mr. Trellis with this guy Kevin Goldie yeah, yeah. and Barry Murphy. Yeah. And the three of us went to Edinburgh and we entered the So You Think You're Funny competition. Okay. Yeah. And we came third, but everyone knew that we should have won it. I mean, but just you know, who won it? We yeah. did. We did impressions of movies as synchronized swimmers. It's just genius. But who did win it? Uh, a Scottish trio that Karen Corran was managing at the time. Right. right. Thank you, Karen. We should explain <laughs> that Karen Corran is the um, the sort of like if you think of the Nazi party, then <laughs> 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 Karen is like the Hitler of yeah. of the Gilded Balloon. Yeah, and I the, think the head of the Gilded. Yeah, Balloon. the head of the Gilded Balloon. <laughs> <laughs> she was the head, she was the head of the Gilded Balloon, and she was the head of that competition. Yeah, yeah. So she she um, she engineered it in such a way that those guys won it. Now oh, I'm sure they're all doing fantastic things in their lives, but it's not in comedy. Right. Uh, <laughs> does it still bother you? Of course it does. Does it really? Yeah. No, yeah. it doesn't. <laughs> no, no, does it genuinely though? In, no, in, in any way? No, no, and no, no, not in the slightest. We, 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 um, we were just thrilled to be there. We had the, it was the best time ever. That yeah, first yeah. time we went, we went for ten days. We entered that competition. We crashed on people's floors. Yeah. And we just had a great time. We met wonderful people, and you know, it's what it was all about. Yeah, yeah. And then the next year we went back, and we had a terrible time because we had nothing planned at all, and we we weren't getting on well together, and. We didn't find any good floors to crash on that <laughs> right, right. So, and we didn't meet any good people. In fact, we met scary people that year. And then the year after that, we went back properly to the Gilded Blue. That was our first Edinburgh show, but yeah. as the sketch trio. And we shared a bit with Phil Kay. So we did half an hour, and Phil Kay did okay. half an hour. Okay. And that was, that was great. Which room were you in? We were in... Um, well, it was an art gallery next door to the old Gilded Balloon okay. on Cowgate. Okay. I remember, like the guy who ran the art gallery, really liked us, and he used to feed us oysters. Dom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, what did you did you have to do anything? <laughs> well, come you down here and do we your comedy late at night. Yeah, I was very naive. Like, I yeah. um, so that was it, really. And then two years after that, I went back with my, with my own show. So it was '94 by the time I did my first. No, '96 when okay. I did my first ever Edinburgh show. Right. And then, and then that was it. Until but you've done stuff since, yeah. yeah. I've done, but I've only done one off, so I've gone up for a day or okay. two or, or, or hosted the So You Think a Funny Final or something, those kind of things. But I never actually did a full show up there. So it genuinely doesn't bother you, So You Think You're Funny, if you go back and if you no. still play ball with them. No, yeah. I always really. like it, though. I like it when I hear about people who, who things have happened to them years ago that actually don't matter at all. Yeah, no. If, and God, if I was, if I was, if I, Jesus, I, if I was, um, Vengeful. <laughs> well, I'd be in a terrible way. I mean, you can't see Ardle now, but he just stared into the middle yeah. distance. <laughs> There's so many people I want to kill. You yeah. have no idea. Same, I bet some of us cross over. Pickle can gamble, pickle can gamble. My pal, it's sort of a pal, I know him, uh, Drew Pierce wrote Iron Man 3. Really? Right? He wrote, he wrote Iron Man right. 3. No, it's relevant. <laughs> but he wrote a sitcom called No, uh, no Heroics um, about... And he didn't rip you off, right, but about superheroes, right, but in real life. And he wrote that for ITV2, and he didn't get a second series. I was in, I was in that first series in one episode. Oh, wow. And he didn't get a second series of it. And I spoke to him recently, and he's in the middle of promoting Iron Man 3, and he's still angry really? about No Heroes 2. Yeah. Like, he's really angry about yeah. it. He's still really yeah. upset. Well, I, re- I remember reading an interview with um, Anthony Hopkins. Right. <laughs> and... He, in it, he said, now this is a man who's in his 60s, yeah, yeah. late 60s, and he still he still says his motivation is for being a brilliant actor and winning awards is revenge on all the people who didn't believe in him. <laughs> I quite like that. I yeah. quite like it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, it can eat you up, can't it? That it must... needs something. If you're doing well, I guess it doesn't yeah. eat you yeah, up. Yeah, but for, for Emmy Hopkins, there's it. someone else who yeah, hasn't yeah. made it and he's still going, yeah. one day I will be yeah. a famous <laughs> rock star. No, I, 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 like, I don't have any truck with Buddhist nonsense, but I, I am very good at letting go of stuff. Right, OK. Oh, you have to be. God, otherwise you couldn't... See, I mentioned God there. Yeah. <laughs> I have no truck with that Christian nonsense either. No, but no, no. You, can't, you have to let stuff go. And it's brilliant. Uh, the Buddhist thing, though, is about, you know, you, you, you're much happier when you when you eliminate your needs, your wants. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what they I think. But that's all easy to say, isn't it? It is very easy to but say. Then it, like, say a new but I'm saying, but you have to out. practice. Yeah. You have to practice every day. But if you're Reducing used to getting new Blu-rays every week, <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly go, oh, you're a Buddhist now. Yeah. Now you can't get that 3D Texas Chainsaw Massacre because you're a Buddhist now, and you're like, I want to watch it. Uh, well, so maybe. that's Buddhism crossed off. Yeah. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't suit me at all. No, but just gradually reduce your wants. OK. That's, that's my advice. How would I do it? How would I go about doing that? You know that this might make me, like, sort of leech onto you a little bit. Yeah. I'd go, Ed, give me his number, because I'm going to want to ask him about something. <laughs> we'll start by not wanting my number. Right, OK. That's, that's... <laughs> Pico can gamble, Pico can gamble. Um, can I ask you about My Hero? You can. Right, my question about My Hero is this. <laughs> and, that's the, and that's the announcement. That's the announcement I always have. Whenever I want to ask, ask a an important question. Idea, yeah. um, with the six series in total... Yes. ..and you left in series what? Series five. Series five, so there's one after you. Yes. Now, my question is this. How does that... Genuinely, how does that feel to leave something and then watch somebody take that over? Did you want him to do well? Given that you have yeah, no trouble with anyone... I didn't really... I didn't really think about it too much no, no, no. to be honest with you um, I was delighted to leave the series after five series I, I really enjoyed doing it yeah, I can't yeah. stress that enough people yeah. don't believe me because they think like it wasn't a great show or it wasn't as good as Father Ted or okay. it wasn't this or it wasn't that but it was an immensely enjoyable show to do we yeah, had yeah. a fantastic cast of people and um, we were great friends and we'd been together five years and you know it was always an absolute joy to go into work every day I, I felt after five years that we had done as well as we could with it, yeah. you know, and we'd made the most of it. And, you know, it was it was high time to move on. That's yeah. what I felt. And yeah, I, yeah. I felt that some of the other people were with me in that, with that view, you know, that we, we you know, it wasn't going to get any better. It wasn't, yeah, going okay. to, it wasn't going to help me develop my career as an actor right. or as a comedian. You know, it, it, like, it, it was standing still as far as I was concerned. Yeah, yeah. And it was in serious, I was in serious danger of stagnating. You, you know, if you have you know, ambition, you have to, like, take the chance sometimes. And so yeah. it is stepping out of a comfort zone, you know, and, yeah, yeah. A, and, a, and a nice gig, a nice job for five years and then having to leave it. So, you know, I, I, I was delighted to move on. I didn't think they'd go on no. with somebody else. So I was a little bit surprised. I was a bit yeah, taken aback. Yeah. Are you serious? You're going to do that? Were you, you offended? Know? I wasn't offended. Okay. I certainly wasn't offended because, you know, some of the other actors in it, like, they obviously really needed to work as a yeah, yeah. anything else, and they were my friends, you yeah. know. So, um... Um, I, you know, I absolutely didn't mind, you know, and I didn't really, you know, see it or anything. I, I Did know. you never see it? Did you never watch it? I never it? watched it, no. Does that sound bitter? No, I believe you. No, I totally believe you. I wanted him, like, put his foot through the telly or something. <laughs> no! Absolutely not, no, because it was, it was your, your, it was your, it was your well, decision. Okay, because in that same year, like I did the first play I ever did, or just the year before the last series or whatever, you know, I did a play and that was really thrilling and yeah. exciting and different than you. Um, 
very shortly after that, I ended up doing a, another series playing a fairly straight role, you know, that I, I don't think would have happened if I was still doing my hero, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get him wound up. No, 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 no. There's plenty of things I get wound up about. I mean, get out to ducks. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you better stand well back. Yeah, yeah. But. Pico can gamble, Pico can gamble. I, I also started seriously getting back into stand up again. Yeah. Which just wasn't happening during the My Hero years. I might have toured once or twice. Okay. And they weren't particularly successful tours mm. in terms of the quality, you okay. know, because I simply wasn't putting the time into it. And you know what it's like with stand-up. It has to be, you have to be really how does that How does that feel yeah. if you're not, if you don't feel like you're you're in it properly, and but you're committed to a tour? That must be quite uh, a tough thing. If you're committed to a tour... It's very hard, yeah. It's very hard. If you don't think you're, you're yeah. committed by oh, your yeah. own No, it's, it's, that's, yeah. No, that's the worst feeling in the world. If you, do, if do you try and fix it as you go along? Or do of course you, you do. You're working really hard all the time and you're trying to, you know, you're just trying to get into a happy place with it, yeah, you know, yeah, where yeah. it's all working and everything. But, you know, if you haven't put in the ground work and you haven't yeah. lived with it day in, day out for the previous year or two years, well, then, you know, it's not going to be a brilliant show. Yeah. So one of the reasons why I tried to, you know, why I bit the bullet and, and left my cushy job in my hero and hung up my tights. It's heartbreaking, isn't it? Yeah, and pulled the thong out of my... Yeah. Uh, was, you know, was to totally focus on stand-up again and, yeah. and also leave yourself available for anything else that was out there. Because it wasn't not... happening as long as I was doing my hero. People just thought, oh, OK, right, he does that and yeah. that's what he does and that's fine. Right, but tell the truth, though. Did you, did you take one costume or not? With that show, and, and more so with Father Ted, mm. you've been like a, a figurehead of sitcom, so a character that'll be remembered, come what may, forever, right? That, that's going to happen now. And what, if you had the costume at home, though... Yeah. Like, wouldn't you, like, if you're, like, 80 or something, just... Pop it on. Just go, uh, remember when I was that... Can imagine, yeah. like, Andrew Sachs doing it or something? What, yeah. putting on his waiters? Yeah, just go, I'm going to put that... Well, he still does some like, charity things and that, doesn't yeah. he? I don't think you'd put it on, though, would you? Can you imagine Ed Emerson, like, get, I'm going to be Vivian I today. ain't the least sentimental person in the world, though. Like, I... Now, tell the absolute truth. Have you got one of those costumes at home? Never mind looking our way. Pardon? <laughs> OK, I've got... I've got the nurse's costume. <laughs> Pico can gamble, Pico can gamble. We're in your dressing room at the Dunbar. Yes. We're in a play called The Weir. That's right. And this dressing room I share with um, three other actors... Who are the other it's actors? The life of the theatre. The Brian Cox is there. Brian the Cox. Legendary. That's the Coxian throne right there. What, I mean, the actual no. Brian Cox. The actual the Brian, Brian Cox. Cox. Yeah. What? Like not just another actor that's got the same name. No, is that... the Brian Cox. The right? Brian Cox, not it's the dishy yeah. scientist. The <laughs> hard-bitten, dishy former serial killer. Yeah, from Manhunter. Sits there. So now he's got a busier, a busier dressing room area hasn't he he's got Brian has yeah well you see that's because he's he's a sentimental old actor yeah. so he's all his cards from his well wishers and his wilted flowers yeah and whereas I'm not sentimental yours is I'm almost like a sort of um, it's Spartan well it's it's like a hitman's motel room yeah it's because you can yeah. be in and out as quickly yeah. as possible you like Al, you like Al Pacino in Heat you like I think there's I think stand-ups and hitmen have that have yeah. that in common they're they're kind of Remote, yeah. <laughs> soulless, yeah. figures. dropping in and out of town. You, yeah. could, you could just you could walk out with this play at any point. Any point. And there'd be no like going. Oh, I've got to go back and get yeah. my thing. Yeah. I've got to go get my lucky feather. And you're sitting in Peter McDonald's seat, oh, who is um, the dad in Moonboy. I don't know if you've seen that fabulous sitcom. Chris O'Dowd. Yeah, it's Chris. Chris. It's Chris O'Dowd. Yeah. Yeah. Peter McDonald yeah. plays the dad. He's great. You are now Chris O'Dowd's dad. Sat there. Who's sitting yeah. in mine, please, Adel? You're in Richard Cooper's seat, who is a really fabulous Irish actor. Okay. An impressionist. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I might be able to do impressions now. Yeah. yeah. Might. Is it a yeah. serious play? 
yeah. Because you've got a beard at the moment. Which <laughs> 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 <It's laughs> made me think you might be a serious player. Yes, yes, that's the sign, isn't it? <laughs> 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 it's also the sign in, in stand-up as well, of sort of you'd retreat back into your beard and there's a more sort of thoughtful, artistic... Yeah. Uh, apart yeah. from with Ray, but, obviously. Uh, no, fashion hair is really, really popular now. I've had it since yeah. I was 16, so I'm not yeah. having people going, oh, yeah. you are just copying all the other ones. But it, it is. It is popular in It is ridiculous. Yeah. You're quite clean-shaven. Yeah, I can't grow... If I could grow a beard... Yeah. I absolutely would. Because yeah. it just it automatically gives you a more sort of philosophical yeah. appearance. Ed can grow... No, don't do yourself down, because you can grow some beard. Oh, I can grow some beard, but lots of little ones yeah. all over it. Or in not, in not... many ways, I can grow more beards than you two. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so that when this is done, look. do you get a... When, when you've been doing a play or TV or whatever, do you get a real thirst to return stand-up? Do you, yeah, do you, I do, yeah, yeah. Um... Well, you're just more in control with your own stuff. You yeah. know, like, I love doing this because you don't have to think about your own stuff for a yeah, few yeah. months. So this is, like, two or three months um, where you, you're totally concentrated on, on other people's material, but also you're working as a team, which is, like, it's probably completely alien to you guys. You wouldn't know what I'm no, talking about. No, we don't. <laughs> we, we work as a double that, but we very much just do our own yeah. thing within it. Yeah. yeah, undermine each other. It's, it's all about, it's it's about too, cutting in, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, let's like, 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 yeah. now, let this yeah. say. So I see how you work. I'll carry on talking now. Yeah, and no, eventually I'll keep saying. He'll just stop. No, he'll just stop. He'll just stop. Eventually, Ed will just stop talking. And I can carry on with the very professional interview. But what I find is, like, so you do a play like this, and once it's up and running, and all the, you know, the the tension <laughs> you know like in the rehearsal room no one has a clue what's going on you're just hoping for the best yeah. and you just you know you try to stand in the right place and speak at the right time and hope that it all comes together and luckily in our case here with the weir it has done it's just it's a beautiful piece of writing and cast are fantastic and it's all great yeah but you can't really do an awful lot of with your stand-up act during that time no so what you do is though but you 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 you, you kind of first of all you can bring so much from this environment into stand-up in terms mm-hmm. of like animation and the way you in the way you deliver stuff, you mm-hmm. know, because you've picked up so many things from Brian Cox. Yeah, yeah, but it's not the example. actual Brian Cox, is it? It's a different Brian Cox. No, it's, it's, it's the real it's the Brian real Cox. It's not. It's not the one no. from the films. It's, of course, it is. <laughs> in this theatre here, in that chair. That's his chair. That's his chair. Does it just show you how <laughs> dreams can be smashed like that? What, that's that's the chair you end up being if you're Brian Cox. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not being, I mean sitting on. Yeah. I don't mean Brian Cox has turned into that blue chair. <laughs> but, is, could, but could could you compartmentalise it though? Could you could you go? Could you on, on a given day go right? I will do the play, and then I switch that off. I will do the stand-up gig. I can do that. Or do you have to be wholehearted? No, I don't. I mean, like, sort of as a stand-up, you have to be always thinking about it yeah, and yeah. always working on it. Like I did a show with you last week and. Yeah up the creek you know yeah um because on my day off on a sunday you know you, you just have to do it during rehearsal i was gigging two or three nights a week around london just you know just to keep it going and yeah to keep that side of the brain active yeah um but i just think like you know having the time out from it as well is important yeah and it really it's all it can only help you because you're you're looking forward to getting back into the ring you know you've sort of I don't know you've picked up an awful lot from just working with people intensely like in a player in a TV thing you, you these are your family for three yeah, months yeah. your best friends you know it's a really intense relationship yeah. you know, I'd probably never see the cocks again 
<laughs> I suppose well, that happens when you're sharing a dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it would, wouldn't it? No, but so like, are you, all the you, cocks. You, you know, it's just it's a great environment, you know, and it's really creative and everything. And, and if, if you can't bring that to bear in your stand-up, well, yeah. then there's something wrong with you, you know. Plus you've loads of time to read and do other things, you know, catching up on stuff, generally, yeah. that um, you wouldn't be able to do if you're all the time just travelling to gigs. Do you get sick of stand-up? No, I, 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 I never, ever get sick of it. It's something that I, I, I thought many times that I, I would be, like, I'd done enough or yeah. that, you know, I don't know how I can keep it interesting or, you know, but, like, you just can't leave it. Like, once you, once you, you know yourself, yeah, like, yeah. you just can't stop. But it's not, it's like having a disease. It is. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't like it. We are in Edinburgh then. I'm at the assembly rooms in the musical. Nice, posh venue. Yeah. Do you feel superior? Well, you know, <laughs> it's not that I feel superior, but I feel like you know, I am, I have stature. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I've been <laughs> grafting for twenty years. Exactly. You know, I deserve a certain amount yeah. of comfort. But I've been grafting since '98. Yeah, but you're not as good. No, I know that. But what, <laughs> what, what, how, how do I get in the assembly rooms? What I want to know? What? Be better, a better comedian. Right. Yeah. You've got to have them like material. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Must get on your tits that. Yeah. <laughs> keep coming up with stuff all the time. Yeah. Although me and Ardell have had a very similar career. I've found lots of links in our career. Oh. Because is this a, is this going to be a sliding doors scenario? No, because no, this is no. Where because Arnold we both... went through the doors and you got stuck. No, we are both <laughs> <laughs> we are both good comedians. Both doing yeah. very well. Because both um, know Graham Linehan. I've worked with Graham Linehan. Yeah. And Arnold has worked with Graham Linehan as well. Yeah. I did the warm up on IT Crowd. Did yeah. you? Yeah. Oh. I like Graham a lot. I think Graham's like Chaplin. Yeah. I think he's the television Chaplin. Yeah. Like Charlie Chaplin, he just yeah. turns up and goes, right, what should we do? Yeah. Like, fucking write it before you get yeah. it. <laughs> Am I changing the story halfway through? Well, I'm, I'm trying to keep people laughing. Doctor Who? Oh, yeah. Both done Doctor Who? You done Doctor Who? Yeah, same. Uh, you were Series 3, same as me? Yeah. I was in Blink, the statues one. Oh, that's brilliant. I was in that. That's brilliant. I was sat at the DVD shop and yeah. then... Um, the lady came in, the Carrie Mulligan, the, the Oscar one, she came in. Did she? Yeah, and she went... Asked me a question and I told her something, and then she went out the back for a bit, and I just stayed in my seat. Yeah. And then she came out again, and then as she was going, I went, um, "Go to the police, stupid woman!" And she turned around because she thought I was talking to her, to her, but I wasn't. I was watching someone on telly. Yeah. And then I said, "Why doesn't um, Why doesn't anybody ever just go to the police?" Oh. Some people have got that on a t-shirt, I don't know. Yeah. and you can wow. see all, all of my face in it. Yeah, I was in gridlock. Yeah, was, same, uh, same. I was, a, I was a cat. What's um, gridlock? Oh, that was the episode. Yeah. Yeah. You were a cat in that. You made a good cat, eh? I was a great cat, yeah. yeah. I love being a cat. <laughs> I think I'd like to be a cat, but I'm happy being the DVD. Yeah, yeah. No, I've never been been a cat. What was your character called? Brannigan, the cat. Banto, so both bees. Yeah, weird, isn't it? Link. Yeah. Weird, another link. Another link. Skins. <laughs> both, both in skins. Skins, yeah. 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 What did you do in skins? I was a, a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Gang, <laughs> gang, gang man. He was in a gang. Mm. Head of a gang. Ah. Said some swear words at my gang. You weren't head of a gang, actually, were you? Were, Don't know what I was. You were a henchman. No, I wasn't. You were ahead of a gang, It really. absolutely was the head of that gang. I thought you'd have more lines if you were ahead of the gang. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'd done proper swearing at Mackenzie Crook. Yeah. Said the C word on the telly. Yeah. Then Mackenzie jumped down off a balcony and yeah. no, he threw someone else off it. Can I just check? Smashed my face in some trifle. Here. Can I just check? I got, yeah. 
we're, we're interviewing Ardell trying to just wrap up the podcast thank you very much for coming Ardell and now we're literally running through every minute of television you've I just think it's interesting that we've got very very similar careers right okay what's the next one um, <laughs> have you ever been in a comedy lab no 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 you wouldn't but I, I did <laughs> I did one of those um, oh, what else have I been in no heroics. No heroics. We saw that before. Yeah. Street pitch, right? By superheroes. Yeah. And of course, was the precursor went to when James Drake was. Oh, yeah. The John the Baptist. Yeah. <laughs> you were in the prequel to yeah. uh, James Drake. And Edinburgh Fringe as well. Both doing the Edinburgh yeah. Fringe. Yeah. That's a really good link. Pleasance yeah. Assembly uh, Rooms. Both doing this podcast. Both on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Both got a beard. Well, um, my uh, great uncle um, did our family tree a few years ago, Adel, and came back very excited uh, and insisted uh, that um, our family's related to yours. Are you serious? Yeah, apparently so, yeah. Wow. Is that true? Yeah. So that's a better link, isn't it? It is, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going through similar things on our CVs, and you're going, yeah, we're fucking related. <laughs> <laughs> Always you search, mate. Peacock and Gamble, Peacock and Gamble. What a lovely interview with Glugla Hanlon. Adel Hanlon there, what a lovely man. Yeah, he was a lovely man, actually. Very hospitable, he invited us up to his dressing room. Yeah. I mean, we weren't even after an interview, we were just walking past the theatre. Yeah. And he went, do you boys want to come up to my dressing room? And we went, oh, that's a good opportunity to do a podcast. Yeah. And then, um, Luckily we had all the stuff. Yeah, had to cut a lot out of that. Yeah. It was, uh, it was upsetting. <laughs> But nice man. And he's up here. Did you see his video about the wrestling? You know, they're doing the wrestling. No, I didn't. I've not been watching stuff like that. Ardle and Tim Vine. I watched it before The Fringe. Ardle and Mm. Tim Vine are in charge of the wrestling They're the the coaches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And they've both done really, really good videos. I'll watch them. On the YouTube or something. I'll watch them, mate. As has Gareth Richards. Yeah. um, Oh, he has, isn't he? That is a brilliant video. I would advise you very, very strongly to go and see. It's Gareth Gareth Goes Electric. Yeah. Putting Gareth Richards Goes Electric or putting Gareth Goes Electric or something like that. And uh, you'll find it. It's a really, he's done a really excellent little music yeah, video. Yeah, yeah, And it's wonderful, Gareth. Gareth was one of the ones we considered having a repeat interview. He's one year. of the only people we considered doing yeah, a repeat yeah. interview with. Yeah, yeah. And we, um, not any disrespect to anyone else, just because we really enjoyed No, because we wanted to see how the story progressed. Yeah, unfortunately, because we're doing less podcasts this year. Yeah, it's difficult. It's kind of, we're booked up now, really. Yeah. But I saw Gareth yesterday, and I saw him do three minutes from his show. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Like, genuinely amazing. Yeah. And, and I worked something out. Gareth's on at 8.15 yeah. at the courtyard. Yeah. We're on 9.45. That's that perfect. It's perfect. So go and see Gareth's show, 8.15 yeah. at the courtyard. Yeah. Gareth goes electric, yeah. Gareth Richards. Have a quick drink. Have a quick bevy. Actually, Co- get, start straight on shots, then. straight on shots. Yeah, straight, basically have a bag full of cans as, for as soon as Gareth's show finishes and yeah. just neck them. Nothing to do with Gareth's show, that's more to do with prep for our show. Yeah, yeah. Get them necked, then 9.45 at the courtyard. Yeah. Peacock and Gamble, Heart Throbs, uh, it's the Pleasance Below, but it's, it's in the courtyard. Yeah. And that is a perfect double bill. And by the way, uh, we're launching a new scheme today. Mm. If you're coming on a Friday or a Saturday, okay. if you come to the 9.45 show, okay, okay. and then also come to the quarter past midnight show, yeah. you will be officially a director of the Peacock and Gamble Corporation. Corporation. Yeah, that's true, actually. <laughs> yeah. And also, I think if you do that, if you come to the 9.45pm yeah. show and the midnight 15 yeah. show on the Friday or the Saturday yeah. every weekend, yeah. I would imagine then you probably won't even carry on listening to these podcasts. <laughs> I think that would be what I like to call affectionately utterly overkill. Yeah. Um, however, you will get to see us drunk. <laughs> uh, we'll be back again tomorrow interview with Kerry Marks really interesting interview lots yeah. of interesting stuff going on and a, bit, a little bit rude um, with the language I've cut, <laughs> cut as much as I can but there's still a shitload of cunts in it yeah see you tomorrow bye so I just say that now yeah yeah really now action 
The Peacock and Gamble Edinburgh podcast is a ready production hosted by chortle.co.uk. Today's guest was me, Ardlo Hanlon, and my show is, it doesn't really have a proper name, I think it's just Ardlo Hanlon at the Music Hall. The Assembly Rooms, all music by Thomas Fundaray. See you tomorrow. Nailed it. No one nails his name. Right. Mm. It's written phonetically as well. Mm. That's why you're a good actor as well. Ah. So how are we related? Well, I, d- I never really sort of went into it because they were all telling me very excitedly. Um, but you are. They are the yeah. So. That's the half of the family. My, my dad's family from Northern Ireland, and then my uh, mum's family are from um, from Ireland. And um, uh, they're the Carroll family. Was mm. right. so it's it's way back when. But um, mm. well, my father is big into his old family trees as well. Yeah. so he might have the information. Well, you did, didn't you do? Who do you think you are? I did an Irish version of it, yeah. And did, oh, so yeah, it, 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 it didn't come up there. No, it's a good job I've kept recording there because if you did, who do you think you are? Did at any point it come up? Oh, Ed Gamble. It did, yeah. <laughs> but we didn't follow that strand. Yeah. Why no. not? Now uh, I wish you did. Yeah, I wish I did now. Obviously. Give each other a little cuddle.